you ever been in someone's presence that that you were like, now that person's the greatest whistler I've ever heard? I don't think so. I don't it's, think I've ever heard anyone and been like, you are a superior whistler. Yeah, I'm, it's never. it was nothing that had ever crossed my mind until I was at a John Mayer concert. Hey, podcasters. Welcome to another episode of What the F Am I Doing? The podcast where we always are asking ourselves, what the F are we doing? In today's episode, we have a guest, uh, Chad Miller. He's a really cool dude. We're super excited to have him. He comes to us from Austin, Texas, and uh, currently he lives in Eugene, and he blows glass. Very interesting. It's a really good episode. Grab a snack, tuck in, and uh, enjoy. Uh, Love and life at this John Mayer concert, and all of a sudden, he starts whistling, and I was like... I'm just kind of like dumbstruck. I'm like, oh God, this is amazing. And all of a sudden the guy standing next to me, whom I don't know, said, that's the greatest whistling I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, yeah, that wasn't even a category in my mind until just now. And the guy goes, yeah, John Mayer is the greatest whistler I've ever heard in my life. He's solid at the guitar, but damn. The guy can whistle like a son of a bitch. Fuck that guy. He's great at guitar and can also out whistle you. Yeah. What like, makes what makes like good whistling? Is it I like, don't know. like whistling like a canary, like a bird? If it makes you cry. Uh, it makes you cry. Yeah, like, you what cry. makes a good guitar player? I don't know. Like why is Eric Clapton considered one of the greatest of all time? Like, is it because he's the fastest? Is it because he's the he's just one of the first to do it? Sound? He just sounds so good when he plays the guitar. Mm-hmm. Same thing with John Mayer and whistling. Just mm-hmm. sounds so good when he's Putting his you lips just, together and blowing. just want him to keep whistle. Yeah. Whistling. With, somebody said to him, make an Owen blow when he was a little kid, and then he just, just took off from there like a rocket ship. I thank God for that, Uncle. The experience that you got as right? a result was just astounding. Great value. When I first heard that, that he got <laughs> to, to, to date Jennifer Aniston uh, many, many years ago, um, I was like, God, it's probably because he's such a... Because he's kind of a goofy-looking dude, right? He's not the best-looking guy. But... I think he's gorgeous, but... Well, I mean, she was... Right? But, I mean, she went from, like, Brad Pitt and all these other dudes that are, like, like 15s out of 10 on the, on the, on the like, genetic scale of, of sexiness. Um, and, and then, you know, then, then there's John Mayer. And I was like, well, it must be because he's, you know, pop star or whatever, and he's, like, an amazing guitar player. No, it's because he's a whistler. He's a fucking great whistler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll there. start practicing. I'll never be a great guitar player, but I might someday. Right? Be a good because I'm always packing an instrument with me when it comes to whistling. <laughs> you can practice anywhere. I yeah. practice driving. You can't play guitar and drive at the same time. Right? You, you got an hour long drive after this podcast, and you're you can just practice the whole time. Y'all, y'all are gonna get a whistle, whistle your little heart out. Look out, John Mayer. <laughs> Our guest today, Chad Miller, is coming for you. Um, what the f are we doing today? We are interviewing our buddy Chad Miller. Mm-hmm. So. He, uh, Chad joins us uh, from the great state of Texas, by God, and uh, he comes to us by way of, uh, let's see, Corpus Christi? Yeah, originally. To Austin, Texas, to Yonkala, Oregon, to Roseburg, Oregon, and now resides in Eugene. Uh, so welcome. Thank you. It's a, it's, it's a pleasure. I have been looking forward to this pod uh, since... We started pods. I really wanted, I don't want to oversell this, you guys, but this is going to be the greatest fucking interview that we've done <laughs> since the last one. No pressure. Nice. Don't blow no it. No pressure. Yeah. So anyway, welcome. Thank you. Uh, I also want to kick this thing off by saying hi to a very special friend of ours. Uh, you and I, our friend Stacy Crow, who uh, is listening. Um, so yeah, Stace. Hi, Stacy. Our fave. I'm Sean. Hi. Um, so anyway, 
Uh, we're going to talk to him about all kinds of things. Uh, Chad is a glass blower by trade and 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 by art. Is that do you say that? Yeah, it's an art. Yeah, yeah. it's an art. It's a, like he's, a, he's an artiste. Trade. trade, yeah, because yeah. that's because you work at it like a trade. You're not some flim flam artist here. You're here <laughs> work, doing work. But we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna discuss the art aspect of it though. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm interested on your take on that for sure. So, okay. Sean's wife is an artist, a uh, professional artist, and and so we've got some some things we want to discuss regarding all that. So what makes you a professional artist versus just an artist? What this, if you, if you have successfully sold work and made money or can make a living at all, I think that makes you professional. It doesn't make you famous, obviously, but I, I just never thought of art as professional, like, you know, professional athlete, you have to get to a certain elite status. Yeah. Yeah. And then artist is just, you're yeah. an artist. That's why I'm a professional dancer. Oh, yeah, but we don't talk artist, about not that. Just a dancer for art. We all left our singles at home. <laughs> it's too bad. Got to make some money with this podcast somehow. <laughs> Sponsors? Sponsors? Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, that's a great yeah. idea. Let's have a quick commercial break and talk about this. <laughs> and that's been ads. There you go. We're going to make literally tens of one, 1% of cents. Cents. Pennies. Yeah. Fractions of pennies. Because then we'll go from being simply artists to professional artists. Ooh. There you go. Because money has been made. Yeah. yeah. Money, 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 money. Yeah. Keep doing that. There it is. Every keep do, keep like, doing bring that. Bring that back. Don't more money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they say. They say more money, more problems, but. I disagree. I would like to have more money just to find out. Yeah. yeah. I'll take some problems. Yeah. yeah. And I'll pay my way out of yeah. them. Yeah. Send your problems and your money to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's, uh, let's talk about what you do. You've got a bunch of different jobs. It's not just glass blower. Like, there's a bunch to Chad Miller. Yeah, well, I do the bartending thing also. That, yeah. That's, the, I guess, the really only other job that I have currently. Glass blowing is awesome. And I've seen what you do, and you do some really cool things. But it would be a waste uh, if you weren't at least a bartender somewhere. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Good look. I mean, look at you. By God, you're a handsome man you've got uh, <laughs> things to say and you're witty and people need to talk to you so if you were just tucked away in some glass blowing studio what a waste oh thank you yeah bartending is my my spot to shine yeah. like the best of clientele in the world nice chad kind of looks like jesus from the walking dead you guys ever you see that i get jesus and i get like dollar store knockoff jason momoa <laughs> A lot. <laughs> okay. Like just like the like if, if Jason Momoa decided like to neglect his body from the time that he was born and just didn't do anything with himself to become <laughs> famous, I could totally be that guy. Perfect. I've been with yeah. Chad when people have accused him of being dollar store knockoff. Really, Jason Momoa. Yeah, it's it's impressive. That being said, you have been Jesus for Halloween how many times? Every Halloween since my hair got to my shoulders, just about. Yeah, which is fun because <laughs> tell everyone what you did to start off college. <laughs> uh, I started going, I was going to a uh, seminary school. I was going to be a, a man of God and mm. pastor. What are you now? A glass, a glass blower and a degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> because there's more money in that. Yeah. Well, there's at least more fun. I don't know that there's more money. That's more true. money Churches in Churches don't get taxed and get a house that's paid for by a bunch of other people. That's valid. Mega churches. Yeah, they're pretty dope. See, yeah, I think of this from, from the perspective of someone from the Northwest where there aren't any like mall sized mega churches, but you come from down South where that is very much a thing. Yeah, that Joel Alstein guy that you hear about. Yeah. Was a couple hundred miles from where I was 
living. Really? Two hour drive was that mega church. Man. Or he's got Kanye West playing there next Sunday. Paid him $300,000. So if you're only going to catch a Kanye West show, all you got to do is go to church. Gosh. So now that Kanye is, has not just become Jesus, but also is actually a man of the cloth. Uh, when he performs at Joel's mega church, is that also tax free? Because it's for God. Wow. Um, I would imagine. Yeah, there's got to be a loophole there somewhere. We right? need Professor Armstrong here to tell us what the uh, the accounting figures are on that. Yeah. So, yeah. You want to start a Christian rap group? Yes, more than anything. He's kind of like blazing the path for us. He's like carved out a niche for us already with his last album. Something we should coattail. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. If Kim, if, if Kim K can be a lawyer, then we... She's not really a lawyer. She's going to school. I saw this the other day, some meme that was like, <laughs> Chad's like, no. Nah. Yeah. What? Kanye and Kim's kids are going to grow up thinking of their dad as a minister and their mom as a lawyer. That's the, the, the thing that I saw the other day. And I just went, you know, good for them. <laughs> yeah, until and they get about bliss. like 15 and Discover their the friends are like, hey, look at your mom and this dude who's not your dad on camera. Right? Humping. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know your uncle Ray? <laughs> <laughs> uncle Ray J here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so. Ray J. Oh, God. <laughs> do, you, do you think that they consider, like, Ray J, like, is he, does he come to the house for, like, Sunday dinner every once in a while? And Hey, Uncle Ray it, J's here! If he, oh, my God. God. If he doesn't, good for them, I guess. Yeah. You know? All-inclusive family. More power to him. Yeah. Well, because if you think about it, without Uncle Ray J, Kanye would have never met Kim. <laughs> Why? Because nobody would have known who she was. <laughs> Okay, that's she true. was just Paris Hilton's like like goofy buddy that hung out with her from time to time. Like, mm. and she was like, "You don't want to be associated with Paris Hilton, and then you be called the goofy one." Yeah, you don't want to be the cheap knockoff Paris Hilton. <laughs> yeah, I can see uh, the trend though the 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 Paris Hilton video, and then she's just like, "Oh my god, that's such a good idea!" And then Ray J's in the picture, and yeah, I can, it makes sense now. I didn't I didn't know that she knew. I didn't know she was friends with Paris. Yeah, I had no idea. I think so. Just fucking their way to A's. Whatever you got to do, right? Yeah. What do you got to do today? (laughs) That was some off-camera talk. Uh, So, you blow glass. You bartend. Did you... Okay, so last time you and I had lunch together in Eugene, you told me a wild story about potentially going to China as part of a rap group. Yeah. Did that happen? Uh, That has not happened uh, yet. But the the rap group is... They're called the Higher Boys. They're kind of like the... Chinese version of Wu Tang, and I met I met one of them doing a I was doing like a freestyle open mic, and he approached me after and was like, "Dude, I have a studio in Portland. You should really come up and hit me with all that." And then a couple months later, um, he came into the shop that I was working at and was like, "Look, you haven't hit me up. I know that you don't believe me, but look." And he showed me these pictures on his phone, which was like him and this rap group on stage and like stadium setting with like. Tons of fucking people behind him. Uh-huh. He's like, we really want, like, I really need you to record something and give me like a mixtape so that I can take it to our producer and we can try to like get you on and come open for us. Um, but no, that that never came to fruition. Well, be careful, man, because you know what they say: the higher boys ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You needed to diversify your bonds. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to get a freestyle while we're here? 
Sure, if you I didn't, if I didn't, I didn't know, if I have didn't, something to play an instrumental on, so I don't have to do it a cappella like an asshole. Doot, yeah. doot. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. What do you? What note do you want? Uh, I don't think I have one yet. Oh, drink, chug, chug, chug. Oh, that was good. I'm better at that. I need to drink more, apparently. (laughs) So you told me, like, this guy was was kind of like trying to trying to chase you down a little bit to get you to do this, and you thought he was a little maybe a little bit off because someone walks up to you in the streets of Eugene and tells you that they want you to go on that they're they need you to come record in their studio. Yeah. My first intention or my first thought would be that this person is nuts. Yeah. Right. Like it seems a little bit like Craigslist ad ish. Yeah, and it's it, Eugene, it strikes so me as like, like the emails you get from people, like yeah, Nigerian like, prince, like old, yeah, kind of, yeah. Like Olga gets like she's been getting emails from this dude, maybe Spanish or something like that. Okay, he doesn't speak this doesn't speak in English very well, and um, me either. And he's just like he he's just in, just repeatedly sending her emails over and over, like I want to sell your stuff. Here's a contract, and the con- she like reads the contract and is like fuck is this yeah. <laughs> this is the worst thing i've ever seen it's just like which if this guy just if a guy approached me he's like dude you're fire man we got to get you you know this 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 get you on tour we're going to you know asia or whatever i'd be like bullshit who are you and what do you want from me so that's what i'd be asking some questions for sure yeah Absolutely. but I don't he pulled sex up trafficked in the name of hip-hop like, oh my god I, yeah that, i'm trying to i would avoid oh. that well if you're getting paid though then you're a professional artist Ooh. so um so does that mean every stripper is a professional? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As long as wow. that once that first dollar flies through the air, you're a professional <coughs> artist. As soon as you pick that up with your butt cheeks, you're pro. We're what is gonna... is that? Is that not like the actual definition of a professional? No, yeah, it is. I think so yeah, if you make money doing it, you're a professional. doing a thing. Then you're a professional. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we're drinking beer. Chad's here. Uh, Chad, <laughs> bartending, glass blowing. Check. Oh. Talk to us about glass blowing. What? How? How did you get into? How did you go from being a man of the cloth to a glass blower? How'd you get from Texas to Eugene? Car, <laughs> truck, 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 and, and why? Okay, and how and why? Um, I was working at a, a like glass gallery in Texas mm-hmm. um, called BC, and we would host demos um, like once a month. Glass blowers would. We'd fly them in, and they would do a little demo. Um, and I got put in charge of, like, kind of being, like, the concierge for one of the guys that came in. Like, I just took him around, showed him everything, got him everything he needed in town, and just kind of hit it off with the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my girlfriend at the time and I had already planned a vacation to come up here. And when we came up here and he found out we were going to be in Oregon, he was like, hey, let me return the favor, come to my place. Like, I'll show you all the state. Mm-hmm. And we went out there and just kind of hit it off um even more and i worked with them a little bit in the shop just on like planning like we just drew up some pieces and stuff um and he was like man if you'll move up here like i'll teach you how to do this like i'll teach you how to do all this shit and so um we went home we were living with my best friend and her best friend at the time and we like walked in our living room and we're like hey guys um we just want to let y'all know like we're going to be moving to oregon and both of our roommates were like fuck yeah when are we moving when do we go? And so <laughs> we stayed with them through the end of the lease because they wanted to come with us. And then, okay. Up. Which your 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 roommate was Stan. Stan That's and it. Stan Jordan and Skyler were the yeah the three that I made the trek up here. And with then him. Stan's a little bro came too. 
Not the same time though, right? Later on. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. So Stan's little brother is actually he has moved up here and moved home twice. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Where did Pat come into the picture? Uh after so right after we um right after I got up here, like two weeks after I got up here, I was in the shop and the guy who owned the shop came up to me and was like, Hey man, like I know we've been planning this for the last year, but I'm not gonna blow glass anymore. Like I'm done with this. Um I'm gonna sell all my equipment so you can either purchase my equipment and keep doing this or you can just go get a job. Um so I got a bank loan and bought like all of his stuff. You've nice. been here for how long? Two weeks. Two weeks. Um but I told everyone that I knew, like everyone in my entire life that I was coming up here to blow glass, like I couldn't be here for two weeks and be like, Oh, never mind, like just moved across the country, took yeah. All of my friends with me. You don't look like a quitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I bought it and started teaching myself. Um, and that's when y'all helped me move into the garage. Yeah. Or shortly thereafter I moved into the garage and I called Patrick and was like, Hey man, I know that glass blowing is something that you've been wanting to get into. I have all the equipment now and a spot to do it. And if you want to move up here, I've got a couch for you to sleep on uh, until we kind of figure things out. You were like, I'll teach you everything I know. Which at that should point take was about nothing. two weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt, no, I can say it in an hour. Just practice. <laughs> You're going to have to practice. Yeah. Um, and so he came up and has been here since. I actually just like officially, he's been doing his own thing for the last couple of years. He started dating a girl here in town. Um, and he stayed in Roseburg when we went to Eugene. Uh, but I just like actually like officially hired him um, two weeks ago. So he's running like all my production stuff now. Nice. I was worrying about that actually. That actually that kind of <coughs> was kind of part of one of my questions that I had for you. Um, it, just the uh, well, we were talking about the art aspect, right? Or yeah. The whole art aspect of everything, which maybe you don't consider to be yourself an artist. Maybe do you? No. 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 Okay. What, what do you consider yourself specifically? A craftsman, I guess. Craftsman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do so you wear a leather apron. <laughs> you can't blow glass without a leather apron. There you go. There you go. Boom. No art. No self. <laughs> no artist is going to wear a leather apron. That's a craftsman's tool. <laughs> I also wear like a tool belt with nails and a hammer just to really sell it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I don't need those things for no. Nails, it's a look. Not. It's a yeah. style. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But if you had to quickly build a cabinet, good. Like I'm there for it. Yeah. Well, so you you mentioned that you took out a loan uh, and bought your buddy's gear and stuff like that. And you basically have you ever worked in somebody else's shop? Worked for somebody else? No. Or you just been running your own thing your whole show the whole entire time? Now you're hiring, you've hired people and yeah, I've never, I, I guess I worked for him for a little bit, like, like right. Protégé or whatever. For a yeah, bit. I did. I filled some of his like basic orders cause he still had some orders when he quit. Yeah. Um, so I filled some of his more basic orders, but, um, other than that, no, I haven't, I haven't worked for anybody else. I just got into a shop that is like, um, a group shop. There's like 20 people working there, but they're, we're all independent and everybody's doing their own. Mm -hmm. Wow. Cool. Okay. Well, yeah. So you you say craftsman. I say artist. Well, thank you. I would I would disagree. I think. I mean. Well, yes, craftsman. You know, craftsman. But like also, I mean, you know, you you definitely put, like put your own like flavor into whatever you're making. Probably like like the reason that what I was gonna say is <clears throat> like if you're obviously I've never blown glass before, but like if you're working for somebody else, you're working. In, you don't have your own equipment. You're using somebody else's stuff, and you're making gear for them, right? You're making yeah. pieces for them. Like you're probably just kind of pumping out you know, very generic, you know, like, oh, we just need, we need more pipes. We need more bubblers. We need whatever, you know, they, bubblers, right? They say bubblers. They say that. They say bubblers. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good terminology. Are those, those like old school Popeye pipes that you blow <laughs> and like bubbles come out of? I don't think so. Could you make me one of those? 
Yeah, I, I probably could. And that's not what so, they so are. So you could pour your spinach in it? Actually. But yeah, so like... packing my pipe over here. <laughs> if, if you're working for somebody else, like... <laughs> Get a captain's hat. Yeah, <laughs> mm. such a funny thing. You don't just have like, one. You don't just have a captain's hat. <laughs> you don't have a Sherlock Holmes hat. They come with the pipe. When you buy the pipe, it comes with the hat. Oh, cool. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a package. It's, a, <laughs> it's a great deal. Children in children in Oregon specifically, they like you know it's before you know it's like pre weed. <laughs> like no, oh, try this. It blows bubbles, and later on, it blows your mind. <laughs> anyway, oh my gosh! Sorry, please continue. What's well, so, <laughs> Oh yeah, so like if you're if you're working for somebody else, you're probably just kind of putting out just like you know pretty pretty standard stuff, I would imagine, right? But that's that's that was like I'm glad that you you work for yourself because that like makes my question way better. So <laughs> it's yes. it's much more interesting, I think, if you're if you're running the show and you're doing your thing. The artist, you know, you get to express yourself through your craft, through your art and stuff. Um, the thing that I, I wanted to know though was like how do you how does one price art? And, yeah. and, and like yours, yours also has, it has, it's, it's form and function, right? It yeah. serves a purpose. So like, you know, maybe that, that would affect it a little bit, but I guess like just generally speaking, just art in general, right? Let's just say like you, you know, tomorrow you made like a masterpiece on, you know, you just painted something up, drew something up or whatever, right? Like how do you price that? And we'll, we'll transfer that to the, the, uh, the glass stuff, you know, like how do you, how do you price that? That has seriously, how would you do it? The most difficult part of like learning how to be a glass blower and like mm. figuring out <laughs> nice cock. <laughs> that was a big one. <laughs> no, it has been figuring out how to price it. Like the, like the, the guy that I just hired is doing like my, pro my production thing. So he's making like, um, like the same series of bongs or puff co attachments. It's just like weird little vaporizer thing. Mm-hmm. He's doing those. Um, the price for those kind of got to be determined by the market. Like, okay, I got to see other people doing something similar and how they were pricing it, and kind of like, like, put myself in the middle of those. Like, I think that my work is cleaner than yours, so I'm gonna charge more than you. But yeah. I'm also not this guy, so I. That's the way I did it with, um, like the smoking stuff, just because there's such a market already established the prices are just kind of something you fall into i think that's kind of where like the the functionality of the art kind of falls in you know like you're you're definitely it's uh like obviously if you get like a, a painting or something like that like it's it's a painting there's nothing you can't do anything with it you can hang it over your fireplace or put it in the, the hallway you know or whatever but that's it yeah so whereas like for for you you're like your art does have functionality so it kind of i admit that makes sense which that was that kind of changes the the question a little bit but like well that's other, interesting the other end of that though is like so pat's doing all my production stuff where the prices are set but then what i make if i were to if i were to consider myself to be an artist it would be from like the drinkware side of things that i make i make like whiskey decanters and wine decanters and i saw that um those have been a lot harder to price i've, I've gone through the uh, the motions of pricing art uh, with my wife right and so for her she she definitely like it doesn't really have function it's it's more just like you know it's a it's a piece of art, art. it's worth yeah. what people are willing to pay for it right yeah um and so there there is no like base price or like market price or whatever so that definitely kind of makes it more complex but i i i thought like it made the most sense like i because she had a she landed like one of her first like big uh like contract jobs or whatever you know she was making a big piece or like a 
you know, a bunch of pieces for a company, right? She didn't know how much, like what the price for it, you know, like his art generally speaking is usually pretty expensive. Just, just generally speaking, like, you know, yeah. people, people price that stuff up pretty high because it's like, you know, for, I don't know, it's just kind of a, a specific customer base, you know, like people seldomly want to fork out a lot of cash, but there's that, there's people out there that do, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we, uh, I was like, okay, so like, I'm not an artist. How would I do this? All right keep track of how long it takes to make a piece, you know, hour, just minimum, minimum wage, you know, like yeah. at least, at least you want to make as an artist minimum wage. Right. Yeah, for I, sure. I had someone tell me that, that does the, you know, is a, is a crafts person. Mm -hmm. And he said that he charges $25 an hour mm -hmm. and then tax on from there. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay. So I, I, I the way we did it is kind of like almost it's like that, but like kind of backwards, like reverse engineered it kind of right. So like, we uh, did the the base, like, at least if you're working any job anywhere, you know, whatever, if you're an artist or anything, you want to at least make minimum wage. You don't want to make less than that because yeah. you could go get a crappy job and make more money, you know, like, so. Um, then you've got a schedule. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> then you got to work for somebody. Um, but, uh, and then, uh, then after that, you know, what's the materials cost? Like, you know, she works with paper. That's like her big medium is paper. So. How much did you buy and what did this piece cost? You know, kind of factor that in somewhere. But then like you have like that weird, like how good am I at my, my craft or my, uh, you know, I'm an artist. Like how good am I? How good do I think I am? You know? So like you think you're worth 25 bucks an hour, you know, just base minimum, I guess. Like that's like the, maybe the artist, you know, right. part aspect of it, you know, like I'm worth 25 bucks an hour, you know, anyways. And so like, that's kind of, that's kind of what I was wondering is like how you would go about that specifically. Like, do you factor that in? Like, do you think you're, are you like the best glass blower in Eugene right now? I, I, I will you be fact that I'm not the best glass blower <laughs> in Eugene right now? Cause that uh, Eugene is like kind of like the Mecca worldwide for old oh, um, dude. Borosilicate lamp working. Uh, yeah. And so what did you just say? Borosilicate lamp working, like lamp working, like glass blowing, like what? When you tell someone you're a glass blower, the first thing that they immediately picture is like you're walking to this big hole in the wall. It's a furnace, and you have like a gaff in your hand, and you're like mm -hmm. turning shit. That's not that's not the type of glass I do. I do like torch work. I stand behind it. You work with like rods of glass, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm turning it with my hand, and yeah, um, like traditional glass blowing. Like you pretty much you get it hot, and you have until that shit cools down to be done with the piece. Like you kind of walk it out of the fire and form it in one go and then you take it back and you have to reheat the entire thing whereas like with torches you can heat small sections at a time work small sections revisit that later like there's a lot more um room for error as far as time goes and lamp working compared to mm -hmm. but anyway some of the 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 two greatest glass blowers in my opinion uh, are this guy that goes by banjo and another guy that's named Jason Lee. They both live in Eugene. And mm -hmm. live. I really like Jason Lee and mall rats. I haven't seen it. <laughs> of course you oh. haven't. We'll get to that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to that. Yeah. Um, but, but as far as pricing goes, like what Casey was saying about, um, I try to, I try to kind of have like a, an hourly that I would like to make. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I, glass blowing is expensive. Like my lathe payment, I just, I pay $380 a month for my lathe. Um, cause it's through the bank. Mm -hmm. So I've been paying that for a while and it's freaking huge. It's huge. It weighs like a ton and a half. It's massive. What is this? What is this exactly? It's a lathe. It, it is, a, is, it, is it like spinning stuff? the glass for me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and then I, I pay $400 a month, uh, to rent my shop space. So 
Nice. I have like just about $800 a month going out to. Yeah. Which do you, you factor that probably in per piece, I would assume, right? Yeah. A percentage of each piece, you know, be like, well, this is like. Yeah. I know it's just bare minimum. That doesn't count the actual materials. Yeah. And, then you have to buy the glass. And the cool thing yeah. about the shop that I'm at right now is my electricity and my um, gas use is included through my rent. Which right is, on. I, I right. like if I was blowing glass out of my house, I would spend. $250 a month on oxygen, $100 a month on propane, and then shoot. Yeah. Probably up to like $300 a month on electricity just because of the kiln that I'm running. Um, so it's a huge it's savings for me to be where I'm at, but it's still yeah expensive. So I try to, I, I price my stuff typically trying to make like $40 or $50 an hour. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that sounds ridiculous, I know, but um, I only charge you for the time that's like on the piece that's finished. Pieces break often, especially if you're working on something that's intricate. You got to start uh, over and start over. Do it again. Yeah. yeah. You can have six hours into a piece or 10 hours into a piece and be taking it to the kiln and like the change in temperature on that walk cracks it. Um, What's the longest you've ever had into a piece before it broke and you had to start over? <laughs> the first, the first trade show I ever went to, um, was in, I went to age in Vegas and I hit up this like glass blowing hero of mine and, just randomly asked him if he'd be willing to like collaborate with me on some pieces. And he was like, dude, that sounds awesome. Sent me a bunch of his prep work. So I was making pieces with this other person's work. And uh, so I don't know how many hours he had in it, but I, at the time that I was making it, I had like nine hours in it. Um, and I was, the very last thing you do is flare the foot on the bottom. And I flared the foot and went to take it out of the chuck. And I was just like, anxious because it's like the most grand piece that i've ever worked on you know and i take it out of the chuck and pull and when i pull it out of the chuck i didn't move the i didn't move the ends far enough away from each other so i pull it out of one side and hit it on the other side and break the foot off of it which is kind of like what was this piece what were you making really no going back um it was a it was a bong okay um but it the like the internals of it is like it's called a pillar. It like redirects the smoke. Smoke goes down through one chamber and then up through an inner chamber that's like yeah sealed. And it was yeah it took me a long time. And then I broke it when I finished it. Like literally when I was done with it, it was. How did you how did you break it to your break it? <laughs> how did you break it to your hero, your glass blowing hero, um, that went, you smashed the piece? I went back and took the piece apart um, to save his sections, and I only like the foot was the best section that he sent me, but the foot was made out of that. And so I only lost the one section and then I went back and finished. It took me another like seven hours, eight hours to redo the same thing that I had already finished. But God dang. Yeah. That was a bummer. The pressure. Holy smokes. Yeah. I can imagine. And that's when you become an artist and not a craftsman because you were just doing it for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? That that's actually, it's funny that you say that because that is so true. That is so true. Like I, I, Olga is, I I know I, I, name dropping Olga a lot, but she's like literally the artist in my life. Right. Yeah. Like everything I know about artists because of her pretty much, but, um, she, uh, it's so funny how people like a lot of people, do people ever go to you and be like, Hey man, can you just hook me up with a piece? You love doing it all the time. Just hook it up. Why is it so hard for you? You love doing it. You know, I'll give you five bucks. Yeah. And it's like, dude, people, it's so like just the, the disrespect, man, the disrespect <laughs> that people like, they, they think artists just do this shit for fun, you know, but they're really like trying to make some money, you know, like they're trying to like pursue their passions and what they want to do. And it's like so difficult. Like, again, 
I think maybe, you know, like the, your business, maybe it's a little, um, the, the functionality, man, changes everything to the, the art that we're discussing, right? But um, it, it's, it's crazy that people even then will just be like, oh, dude, I'll trade you uh, a cheese stick for, yeah. <laughs> for a pipe. <laughs> it's like, like, I'm lactose intolerant. Fuck your cheese stick. Yeah. <laughs> and also, fuck you still. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Apparently, you guys put a different amount of like monetary respect on cheese sticks than I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to give me the whole cheese stick for this? Wait. Is there a dipping sauce involved? How many hours do I have to work? No, these aren't these aren't like mozzarella sticks that are fried. These are like the pull and peel refrigerator cheese sticks. <laughs> There's no dipping sauce. It's cold cheese. Oh, oh. That, you can you can dip cheese sticks like cold cheese sticks in tomato sauce, and it's actually really good. What's this tomato sauce anything. you speak of? Ketchup? No, no, no. Like like you know spaghetti sauce. String cheese and ketchup. No, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and a little bit of mustard. <laughs> no, like intended. The, there was like a, a a kid snack. I don't think it. I haven't seen it since then. But like it was like um, banned by the FDA. <laughs> Um, it was, it's, you know, it's, it's like, uh, like you get like the little, like, like cracker sticks and you dip in the cheese, you know, yeah. same thing, but it's like a cheese stick that you dip in uh spaghetti sauce or tomato sauce or whatever. And it was like a snack. It was sold like that. And like then, a handy you snack? Know, what? Like a handy snack? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. damned. And then, and, you know, and then you go next thing you're going home and you're just taking full cheese sticks and just dipping them in the jar of tomato sauce. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to, I have some, <laughs> some string cheese at my house. I'm going to go home and open up a can of like, like spaghetti sauce and just go go to see town. how it goes <laughs> sounds like it's gonna go great it's like it's like uh you know it's kind of like eating a cold pizza and another great thing to do is there any is there is there bad pizza in your opinion no no absolutely not as far as i'm concerned pizza goes from like like pizza which is fine really good to like oh pizza mm-hmm. But there's no like fuck pizza. I hate pizza. Oh, no, yeah. I've, been, I've been to no Sizzle way. Pie a couple times and I've been like, Ugh. not good pizza. But it's usually like three in the morning You're or right. something like that. That's the only time right, I went that, to Sizzle if, Pie was I, at three in, in the morning. If yeah. I'm in that state and it's three o'clock in the morning and I stumble into your establishment and I don't love your food and want to kiss your chef, you don't have good food. I right. <laughs> Like if you put food in front of me at three o'clock in the morning and I'm drunk, it's delicious. And you are the greatest person that has ever existed. There are some places that only should exist after dark. Like Sherry's. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Denny's. Yep. Anytime you've eaten food at a strip club. Uh, those are places that you should not eat food <laughs> in when it's light outside. But yeah. after dark, when bad decisions happen. Yeah, shit face is dark. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, this this is the best mozzarella <laughs> stick and spaghetti sauce I've ever had. <laughs> so here's another interesting thing on the on the same the same whole insuring art. Now I know you probably don't have to insure your stuff unless like let's let's say let's say maybe let's let, let's speak hypotheticals. You um there's a big glass blowing show. Or which I'm sure there are, right? People yeah. are exhibiting people's glass from around, you know, around the country, probably yeah. whatever, you know, like, okay. So you gotta, you gotta send your stuff to Florida, we'll say, or to New York or something. Okay. East coast. Right. Um, that's kind of risky because yeah. you're, you're shipping glass. And so you gotta, you know, bubble wrap the fuck out of that and pack it as good as you can and hope that thing's fucking like impenetrable. Right. Like you're, that's very risky uh, because if it ends up on the other side broken, then that's it. That's the end of the show. I'm just stressed thinking yeah. about this. Yeah. 
But so, but it's interesting because there are companies, uh, insurance companies that specialize in insuring art and it works like this. Cause I've again, gone through the, uh, the motions here. Um, long story short, ship something down to Florida for like, uh, I think like the university of Florida, something like that. They had like an art, um, ex exhibition exhibit thing going on down there and it made there just fine. Made it there just fine. Um, this, this said piece of art, right. Came back big dent in it. But the the university they they work closely with a um, an art insurance company, and it, it was simple as this: this is what we said the piece was worth. This is what we got for said piece from the insurance company. What? Yeah, just like that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like how like in insuring stuff is like I mean like for like cars and stuff like that it seems pretty black and white, right? They're like, oh, this part's this much, and they literally just like. You know, what does it cost to rebuild the car with like brand new pieces? This is, you know, it's like, oh my God, you know, yeah. you could just pop the dent out. But they're like, no, 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 no. We need to replace the side panel, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how pretty, pretty black and white. Like that's how that works. But like, it, it's actually like oversimplified with uh, art insurance. You like, you just say like you report, um, you know, this piece we were pricing it at like $3,000 and they're like, well, the, it's ruined now. It's not the original anymore if you even do fix it or whatever, but we don't care. Here's $3,000. Wow. Yeah, isn't that incredible? You need to start. Yeah. No, seriously. Like, send your stuff this out, is man. Why I came here today. So I didn't know, but that's why. Let's you, can, you need to send everything to the University of Florida. Yeah, because <laughs> they break. They break <laughs> into if, everything. If, if they do, like, yeah, if they, if like, whatever, you know, company or you know, uh, whatever, whatever, whoever's throwing on the exhibit or whatever, you know, like showcasing all these cool pieces or whatever, you know, hopefully they're doing some sort of insurance kind of policy or whatever for people that are shipping their stuff in because, yeah. you know, cause that's like a huge risk. I mean, I mean for like glass even, right? Like, especially glass, like how do you insure glass art? Like, that's so risky. That's a bad business to get into. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I uh, like, we're, we're like one out of 10 right now for a piece making it across the country. Like we're just losing our asses on insurance. Money right I don't know now. what's going on. I'm insuring all these Jewish weddings and I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my ass insuring all this glass at Jewish weddings. <laughs> and there it is. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I made this last February. I made this like wedding set. It was like a, a goblet for the, or like a big, like Stein for the groom. And I made this like wine goblet thing for the bride and then I, I made the bridesmaids and the grooms groomsmen all like whiskey glasses wine glasses for the um bride's side but uh i have it all in two gun cases Ooh. and i'm flying home with it I, was, I took it to the wedding um and i'm going through tsa and like the one with the wine glasses and whiskey glasses those were like very stable cups like they were just cups mm -hmm. the the wine glass that i made the bride had this like like ornate long stem on it. Oh yeah. And I'm going through TSA like two days before the wedding. Uh, and they have to open these gun cases and they open the one with the whiskey and wine glasses and she closes it and it's fine. She opens the one for the, the bride and the groom and opens it. And when she closes it, like there's big foam pads inside of these cases that like give but you push slowly so it like eases on. She like slams it when she does. You hear that you hear it break. Like you hear this like <sighs> come on ping. Uh, and she like looks up at me and I was like just fucking close it. It's it's 
we're not going to fix it here. I'm not looking at it. <laughs> no. I don't want to see it. I'm you mad at you. You ruined it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so for the next three hours that I was waiting for, uh, well, after my layover in Denver, I called everybody that I knew in Texas that blows glass and was like, hey, I know you're busy. I know you are running your own like production stuff out of your shop, but can I please borrow your torch and your kiln? I need 20 minutes. I have to reassemble a stem. Like that's it. And it was really stressful. I ended up getting in contact with this guy in San Marcos and I drove up to San Marcos and um, got it all put back together. But the insurance would have been beautiful. I think TSA should be paying out for something like that. You know, do this like break people's stuff like willy nilly and they're like, eh, not a problem. I went, I, I went and saw um, my best friend this last weekend. I went to a, a concert with her in Milwaukee. And so I flew with, um, shout out Jordan. Yeah. Hey Jordan. Uh, I flew with uh, like party favors, like things that I shouldn't have gotten on the plane with to go to Milwaukee. Um, and I ate a bunch of edibles on the way to the airport. So Making I slept. Party favors. Yeah. Yeah. So I slept on um, the flight to Denver and I wake up in Denver. I have a 40 minute layover. Um, and I've already made it through TSA once. Like I've already, you know, I've made it like I'm safe. And uh, I go and get on the tram to go to like the B terminal. And I'm like really groggy. I slept the whole way and I'm like too stoned uh, to be in public. And I, the, the train that I'm on that's taking me to the, B gate stops and it says terminal. So I was like, fuck yeah, this is my stop. Terminal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I get off and the, it closes behind me. The train leaves and like the, all the signage that I see is like ground transportation, baggage claim, like all the shit. And I walk up to the security guy that's right there and I was like, Hey, how do I get to B? And he's like, Oh, you have to go back through TSA. No. He's like, he took the wrong exit. And I was like, well, can I get back on the train? go to B from here. And he's like, they're only paying me for one thing right now. And Are you serious? To, yeah. And he's like, and that's to make sure that nobody gets back on the train after they've gotten off of it. So you have to go back through TSA. So I go and do the, like the priority line and get up to the front. And the lady's like, you're not a priority passenger. I was like, yeah, I know my flight leaves in 20 minutes. I'm not supposed to fucking be here. Please yeah, help me out. And she ushered me through, but I had to do the whole TSA thing again. And like, this guy's only job is to make sure that nobody gets back on the train. Hopefully your only job is to help people get through this gate. Yeah. To get to yeah plane. I need you to have a more beneficial job to me than the yeah. last fellow that I spoke to. <laughs> Before yeah. we get any further, could you describe what you think your job is? Because I need to know if I'm talking to the right person. <laughs> well, when I, when I went, when I went through it at, in Eugene, I had this big bag of uh, Dutch bros, white coffee that I was taking to Jordan. Cause like I asked, what do you want from Oregon? And she's like, please white coffee. And so yeah. I had that. And then I had this other bag of um, things and they pulled. We're not TSA. You yeah. can share. It's fine. So, okay, cool. So I had a bunch of acid dropped on all these Triscuits, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting yeah, that. Was I, wasn't expecting. I don't I was know what I was expecting that. either. Some, somehow I had that exceeded expectation. <laughs> and um, I have it was like, an animal cookie. I have, animal I have a Ziploc bag with 10 Triscuits in it. That's it. Like I'm trying like, I look like someone who obviously. <laughs> what do you prefer your acid on? Well, triscuits, triscuits, of course. Well, most people, something most new people all the time. drop it on like gummy candies, but then you have to like let it sit out and dry for like days. A triscuit's absorbent as fuck. Like it instantly, 
takes it. So this is delicious. I'm surprised yeah. that's not actually on the box of Triscuits. Like Triscuits, absorbent as fuck. Like a bunch <laughs> of recipes on the back. They're like, <laughs> you can do this cream cheese dip or acid. It goes perfect. <laughs> crushed black pepper Triscuits. I um, think I saw that on Pinterest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so when I go back, when I go through Denver, they, I told them immediately like, hey, I have this. I have Triscuits. Bag of coffee. I think this is going to be a problem. And they're like, cool, take that out. And I take it out. And she's like, do you have any other food with you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, I have, I have these Triscuits. And so I like triscuits. put them in this separate bin thing. And I'm like watching as they take my Triscuits and my coffee to this like screening area where they're like running wands over it and shit. And I'm like, this is how I get fucked. Like I like this is <laughs> this is where it all goes downhill for me. <laughs> I've already done this once and was fine. And now because I got off at the wrong freaking exit and dealt with the guy who's actually doing the job that he's getting paid to do. I mean, good for him. The yeah. One job. Yeah. But they like they held my Triscuits and my coffee and jostled them and ran wands over them and stuff and then handed them back to me. And I got to Did you turns out they weren't bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good news. You're like, um, I'm on ketosis currently, and I'm only allowed 10 Triscuits. Yeah. <laughs> I know this looks strange to you. That's my grain count for the entire yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, high blood sugar, so I'm only allowed 10 Triscuits per flight. <laughs> the only thing these things are going to blow up is my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. I heard something about this actually the other day. Why peanut allergies are more prevalent now? It's not just because like, what is it? Gen Z and millennials are giant pussies. Um, <laughs> so true. What's <laughs> this? Uh, okay, boomer. Um, uh, I'm so sick of okay, boomer. I'm not a boomer, by the way. I would like to point this out that the people that are probably frustrating you are us Gen Xers. Does it, <laughs> what, 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 real, real quick, what's like the tier system? Because I'm actually like still trying to figure this out. Is it boomers? Millennials? No, no, no. Boomers are people that were born post World War II. Okay, so we're so, all boomers. So my parents, okay, uh, yeah. born in the fifties, right? Yeah, fifties, sixties, boomers. Fifties, uh, early sixties, seventies, eighties. That's Gen X. Okay, and then millennials are are nineties and aughts. Okay, and Gen then Zoomers, right? The the Same. Gen Z, whatever the the latest, are people basically born. Post two thousand, okay, but they're Zoomers, right? They're like, let's put Gen Z. I what, I think they should be. If they're not, that's I fantastic. That's, that's what people are saying: is Zoomers, Boomers, and Zoomers, Boomers and Zoomers. Yeah, Zoomers. Bang Zoom. The young. <laughs> <laughs> Chad was on a flight with some Boomers and Zoomers, and he had to go through TSA with them. He got in the bag there. I got ten Boomers and Zoomers, buddy. <laughs> And some white coffee. <laughs> no, the coffee I thought was the Zoomer. The Boomer, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> um, Here comes the boom. So do you boom before you zoom, or do you zoom before you boom? All I want to do is zoom, 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 and that's boom, a, boom. That's a really good question. I prefer to boom first. Because then, cause then by the time you, you zoom, you're booming. Yeah, exactly. Then by yeah. the time I'm zooming, it's like, whoa. You know, yeah. In yeah. post-production, we need, to, we need to insert the Big Lebowski clip where he's like you know i'm on a very delicate uh whatever recipe of uppers and downers man oh yeah that's who i was for christmas i mean christmas halloween that's who i was for halloween this year let's just start dressing up for christmas we oh, who are you christmas for christmas this year spice yeah <laughs> we're not doing gifts this year we're all just dressing up instead 
mom comes downstairs dressed as a maid. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Go back. We're not doing this anymore. Back to pajamas. <laughs> We're all wearing magic pajamas. It's Christmas. Stop. Mom, <laughs> mom Halloween is slutty maid. <laughs> She's Sam's little helper. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm slutty Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a robe and shirt cocking. I would like to point out that I, I feel horrible for saying slutty Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski was the old dude. Lebowski was the cool guy, the dude. Both of them could have been slutty. It's though. the money Lebowski. Really yeah, it's the money Lebowski. Sex life. Yeah. He could have been a whore, the old one. You know, I think he was. I hope. Yeah. Since we, we have delved into the realm of drug use in this, in this, in this pod. We've dabbled. I've dabbled. Yeah. We've dabbled in drug use in this pod. Mm-hmm. Triscuits. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snacks. Yeah. Whomst in history... Would you like most to do drugs with or get drunk with? What would you do and who would they be? Um, do you want me to start? Yeah, please. Okay, I'll give you a second. You think, ignore what I'm saying. You think of your own thing, but I'll talk for a second. <laughs> um, so I thought this through. Uh, I had to preface, preface this by saying, I've never done drugs. Uh, Yep. Same. Yeah. yeah. So this is a really, this is probably the most hypocritical thing I can, I, topic I can broach. However, I've decided uh, that I would most like to do drugs, uh, what a, like dealer's choice with um, either Debbie Harry, Carrie Fisher, or Stevie Nicks sometime in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm. Mostly because I think they were really hot during that time frame. And they know their way around some drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They show you a good Fisher time. Seems like by all accounts, she was the funnest, coolest chick around. Mm-hmm. She was a chick then at that point. Mm-hmm. That's what you had to say. <laughs> but like, like there's a, there's a, there's a story um, that you can look up online, I'm sure. But about a lost weekend that she spent with Dan Aykroyd and then left him for Paul Simon or vice versa or something like that. Oh, wow. But they were all just like all these guys that were like the who's who of cool people in the late seventies, early eighties were like clamoring to hang out with her. Not because she was the most gorgeous of all people at that time point, which I mean, you know, slave Leia, not bad. Um, Not bad at all. But, but (laughs) she was like the coolest, funniest person around. So all these people that were cool slash funny were like, Nope, she's better than me. And then case in point, I mean, she went on her last jobs in life basically was to, be a script doctor because she was so funny and like like well equipped to make really cool like changes in giant productions and things like that but yeah that's my choice good choices thank you uh i if i guess i would if i had to pick the drug and the person i would want to do uh cocaine with elton john um because i've heard that on tour like when he was in like his heyday he had someone on payroll their only job was to follow him around and give him key bumps and lines. Like he paid a cocaine caddy. Uh, so yeah, so that, that felt John, I would like to um, do LSD or mushrooms with Salvador Dali um, just because he had just such like a wild way of viewing the world. Um, and he, I don't, I don't even know if that's anything that he did. He, this sounds like somebody that does a lot of drugs would say this, but he said something like in an interview, um, they're like, do you do drugs? And he's like, I don't do drugs. I am drugs. Uh, <laughs> which I think is like a beautiful perspective because 
people people that do drugs often are doing it to like obviously alter their state of mind and like change their reality and they give all the credit to the drug like i had so much fun because i ate lsd and it you know made my experience like the common denominator to all of your drug experiences are you like you are why that drug was good like your experience from that like that was you that gave you that experience the drug enhanced it but had you not been there present and willing to to do those drugs and to be a part of that like scene in that moment it never would have happened um uh and then i like to smoke weed with uh chris farley that's yeah. what I was gonna no, say. That's yeah. Chris Farley for sure. Sit on the couch and just get stoned because I think I'd be fucking cracking up. You need a diaper. Yeah. Yeah. First off, I would like to have met Chris Farley just because it, every every comedian that you ever talk to that ever passed through Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live says that Chris Farley w- was their idol, and I don't know. It's like people who say like Kurt Cobain was an amazing artist or whatever. Like how much of that is is just kind of brought out because he died early, right? Yeah. But you know, so many people that really well-respected people in, in comedy say that he was just the best. So yeah, like what a guy to just hang out with and be a fly on the wall and watch do his thing. Really good answer. Yeah. Thanks. I think that, you know, everyone <coughs> always says like, you know, well, I would like to smoke weed with Willie. Uh, who is, by the way, you know, like everyone has their, like, their, a lot of like pe- married people have like their list of people that they would like, you know, this is my celebrity get out of jail free list or whatever. Um, my drug list, the, the the guy who's never done any drugs at all list is I would 100% smoke weed with Willie because you gotta, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you gotta break bread. He would break you. Snoop Dogg. Would you smoke weed with Snoop Dogg? Because I mean, that I feel like that's like different genres, but yeah, same, yeah, same same situation. Like the two most iconic. Same, same because dude. in that same thing with the the cocaine caddy or whatever. Yeah. Snoop Dogg pays somebody like 50, 60 grand a year to just roll blunts. He was on uh, Howard Stern's show with uh, Seth Rogen. Have you, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. Oh, so anyways. I've heard of this. I haven't seen it. But yeah, he, about. yeah. so this guy just happens to know, like, about the time you're going to want a blunt. And he'll just be like, light it up and send it off your way. He's an artist. He's a professional. Oh, and I guess this guy can roll a, a, just a nasty blunt. We have. Some, I mean, I guess you kind of have to if you're going to be, be Snoop Dogg's. Dogg's blunt roller? It yeah. can't be an average blunt, right? Right. You are by by probably all accounts the Michael Jordan of of that job. Yeah. Um, Where did he even find? How okay did did Snoop Dogg have a friend that was just like really good at blunt rolling? And he's like, hey, you're coming with me, or was he like, man, I need a blunt roller, and I need you to make me a Craigslist ad for the best blunt roller <laughs> in the world? Like, how I did think he they find just it? that's like one of those like those job finder apps that you go to it's like on monster.com yeah monster i just <laughs> angie's list yeah i just uh <laughs> i need somebody to search the internet for it i'm taking resumes now for we've checked your references decided that you are in fact the best blunt roller can you imagine how much money that's got to be like to pay for the product to pay for this guy to roll it i mean i wonder if it gets benefits you think snoop dogg still pays for weed Dude, I, if, I were, if i were growing weed i had somebody give him some i would be like free. snoop dogg yeah I just mailed you four pounds. I hope you love it. Yeah, like, Snoop yeah. doesn't pay for anything when it comes to weed. I, I know this for a fact because <laughs> I was for a short amount of time in the beer business and I didn't really pay for any of the beer that I drank for six years. Um, and it's because everybody that had anything good brought it to me, a very small fish in the beer world, very small, but brought it to me to drink and try and enjoy. Now, if I would imagine if I were like, I don't know, the Snoop Dogg of beer. Like, yeah, you would never have to pay for any of that stuff. Yeah, ever. 
Well, I think he's I'm pretty sure he's got his own line. Sure. But yeah, I'm, no, I'm almost positive he's of reached that. The, I'm, I mean, if you're if he's a smart businessman. Yes. So I'm guessing that he is not only seen not paying for it, he's making money off of it, um, which makes sense. So on that note, I would like to smoke weed with Martha Stewart. Because can you imagine how great that would be? I'm sure she can make you some like delicious edibles. And then with come munchy time. The snacks. Oh. Afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's there what, for the snacks. Yeah. I like snacks. That's why I don't oh, smoke weed anyway, because I just live in the perpetual state of wanting snacks anyway. I don't need <laughs> to enhance that. Like, I'm already pretty chill. I already really like odd food pairings. I'm good. You should really try, if you get the chance, um, LSD on a, on a Triscuit. On Triscuit. I hear they're <laughs> bad. <laughs> that scares Dude. me so bad. That, like, Every time you eat a Triscuit, like, yeah. uh, has Chad been here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, no, just, just the, I don't know anybody that's ever told me a really great, I was on LSD, acid, mushrooms, whatever, where they, like, it wouldn't, I would, I couldn't somehow in my mind just turn it around to something really scary happening, you know? Yeah. I've heard some horror stories of people tripping with their friends and like once a week I went and saw this guy um, and he was tripping with a bunch of his friends at some apartment complex and there's like a lot of research chemicals going around like uh, like knockoff versions of acid that aren't scheduled drugs so they're benefits of living in a giant college town so people can research drugs and move them easily like if you get pulled over with it they can't charge you for what you have because it is not scheduled it's it's not lsd it's 25i or 2ci or some other dumb acronym but they were on something that wasn't lsd and like that can and he started having like a, a horrible trip and they put him on the balcony of this fucking well it's not a good idea apartment complex and he jumped like he was fine and he dropped fell three stories and like uh broke his back broke a bunch of ribs um didn't die broke his legs he crawled like a mile and a half to a highway and someone found him and took him to the hospital and he lived he made it he like survived Dang. this fall um case in point not a good story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, you, <laughs> yeah. you brought up bad stories. Right, let me write this down. One more reason to not do. Well, you don't hear the good ones because it's like, how how am I going to have a good experience with something that you've never experienced, and then try to explain to you how I had a good time on it? Like mm-hmm. the the horror stories are easy. Everyone can relate to like bad shit. It's like being oh, scared man, of anything that felt that he fell. That sucks. That's really scary. But like if it's like if it's something I enjoyed, like I went to this lettuce concert and I ate acid at it and then i had the most astounding time of my life but i can't explain to you why i can't tell you like what the acid did that made it better i can just tell try you to explain seeing music to me yeah you know yeah exactly <laughs> like, <laughs> even if you tried i'd be like okay ever been to a laser light show i saw music i ate colors it's yeah great. but seriously it's like if if to someone um that has never experienced it there's no explanation possible and to somebody that has experienced it there's like no explanation necessary like I, if i'm talking to stan who has eaten acid it shows and i'm like dude it was amazing you know i ate this much this happened you know like i i saw these songs played stan would be like oh that's so fucking cool i'm so jealous like you got to do that but then i tell you the same thing and there's just not context yeah yeah <laughs> i also am bad with fractions so no one ever hands you an edible and goes, enjoy the whole thing. Yeah, like, don't eat all this at once. Yeah, I, first off, one, I eat like a fat kid. Two, bad with fractions. So if they're like, listen, 
take the cookie, eat a fourth of it. In my life, I've never eaten a fourth of a cookie. <laughs> yeah, no, what? Why? Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm going to be just like in a, in a ball of spit in like no time because you handed me a bag <laughs> of cookies to enjoy over the course of like six months. And I was like, yeah, bag of cookies. That takes me. That's a, that's a five minute problem. Someone me. give me some milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to dunk all these in there <laughs> and then drink the milk. So the milk wouldn't get you high. If it had a bunch of floaties in it, it might. It might, yeah. Hey guys, are you still with us? We told you it'd be a long episode, right? Now's a good time to take a break, go stretch, have a snack, use the restroom, have a cookie or two or ten. I always lose one cookie in the milk. Yeah. Oh, it always, it'll slip right out of my, my grasps, yeah. my clutches. Yeah, if you're not dunking uh, your cookies in milk with a spoon as a life preserver on the side, you're probably not doing it right. Wow, I've never done it right. There you go. Never done it right. I always wait till the end and then try to drink that soggy. Yeah, milk same. Yeah. No, and there's something it. really gratifying about it. There's the a end. reason like, why when you go to the pool, like a public pool, they always have those life preservers on the side. Because sometimes you're going to need to throw that life preserver to somebody. And that's what that spoon is sitting beside your cup of milk is so grab sweet. that cookie before it completely dissolves. I've right. always taken like the, like, we'll call it the perfect pop approach to the cookie. Yeah. You know, like when you pop, like when you pop popcorn. Okay. You try and hold off as long as you can to try and get the perfect pop. No kernels left, or well, no little seeds left. Right, right. Yeah. The perfect pop. The risk. So the, the perfect cookie right. dunk, right? Like you, you dunk that and you hold it and you hold it. And even when you're like, mm, it's getting close, you keep holding it. Yeah. And then you go, you pull it out and it goes, it snaps and it goes boop down the bottom. <laughs> you're like, oh man, you know, but when be like, if you get it right before there, you know, and it's got like, you just throw that in your, yeah. I think we need to do a cookie dunking contest well here's the thing this is the secret you <laughs> I guys have a listen bunch of oreos in my truck and a half gallon of milk if you want to do that right now all right this is all you need and first off good for you yeah, for tra traveling how i travel yeah we the perfect way to eat oreos i have discovered is first off no double stuffs trash yeah yeah too yeah. much yeah double stuff is is obscene um but you take two oreos you hold them together and you dunk them in the milk and then Club you have the structural integrity on the inside. It gets soft on the outside. So you bite through the first layer, soft, second layer, crunchy, and it's Nirvana. It's Ooh. Oreo Nirvana. I used to stick a fork in the cream and then dip it that way with the Oreos. Well, it's because you have an engineering background. You're very smart. <laughs> I think that's pretty darn, damn close to the spoon technique then. I think it is, yeah. I think yeah, it's I mean, akin it's to that. the same same concept. Working the cream, just dunk the whole thing, and the whole thing's just like soaking wet, and you're just like, ah, yeah, but that's the, done. But that's the ass dry spot from your fingers. The smart, right. but the crunch is put the, the crunch thing. You yeah, know, the, the double Oreo thing is what gets ratio. it because because you get two Oreos and you have a crunchy inside. It's yeah. the best of both worlds. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, Having a little crunch is good. Yeah, I have I have never done a line of Coke in my life, but I've done a lot of lines of Oreos. And let me tell you. <laughs> Talking <laughs> Rose. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to do some lines. And whoa. <coughs> whoa. Yeah, that's that's happiness. Um, So I would do drugs. Well, dealer's choice. It'd be dealer's choice. Yeah. Bob Saget. Bob Saget. Oh, yeah. What what drug do you think he would choose? Oh, All man. of them. Have you heard but the Bob Saget stories? Th this would have yeah. to be. It would have to be not like Bob Saget as we know him now. It would be. I want. I'd want to do it with Bob Saget like Full House. Yeah. Nineties um, era Bob Saget. Yeah. Uh, uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. You know, like that yep. one, right? Yep. And you before I knew that he's coke? like just insanely crass and super vulgar. You know, before that. So like, basically, you know, I guess I'd have to be. 
you know, when he was that era, I was like too young to do drugs, right? So, well, this is, you know, I'm You're this, like the I'm, same age as the Olsen twins. Yeah, actually, kind of, right? Probably pretty close. Yeah. I think. You're never on Full House, but you're probably more successful now. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and just, just going like, hey, Bob, what's up? And he'd be like, you want to do some whatever? You know, probably like, what would, what would what does he do? Probably cocaine. I think maybe cocaine. Maybe what? Maybe he gets wild like PCP. Well, I, didn't he have a cocaine addiction? Wasn't that kind of like yeah. the big thing? Is yeah, he, it was so, cool at the time. I don't yeah. know if he did or not. We have to say allegedly, probably. But yeah. but anyways, yeah. I heard. And and I would just you know be like, okay, Bob, and uh, and then I would just my mind would be absolutely blown. I'd be like. What did you, what happened to Bob Saget? What'd you do with him? You know, because you're like, you're, you're full house. You're funny. Some videos like what happened? And he'd just be like, let's go fuck some animals and go kill some stuff. And then I'd chase him around going yelling Bob Saget and you know, whatever. I don't know. Like it would just be an experience. Like probably. Harold and Kamar go to white castle yeah. when Pat, Neil Patrick Harris shows up and they're <laughs> like, did you get that reference? I actually have. That's a movie I've seen. All right. So let's jump to this. Yeah. We've, we've danced around this topic long enough. <laughs> In your life, how many movies do you think you've actually watched? Like the whole thing? Yeah. Like, not just, like, turn it on, like, hey, let's watch a movie. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole movie. And pay attention to the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, would could pick up plot points on. So we know Harold and Kumar. That's one. Yeah, I saw Zombieland uh, 2 the other day, which Ooh. is the second Zombieland that I've seen. So I've seen a movie recently also. Love the first wow. one. I haven't seen the second one. The second one. one. Yeah. The se- two? I was genuinely very happy with it like they waited 10 years to put the sequel out and they did a really good job with it no spoiler alerts but was there a good cameo in it did they do a cameo because the uh the, the, like the bill murray the the bill murray one? cameo in the first one was so good can you beat a bill murray cameo uh, very as, hard as himself I, i'm not gonna i won't tell you how they do it um but there's a cameo and bill murray gets it again Yes! 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 No way! Yeah. Oh we, my yeah. God. Yeah. We need to put that in the show notes. <laughs> Bill Murray, <laughs> Zombieland 2, spoiler alert. <sighs> That's they, so good to hear. And I make, haven't seen it yet, so. They make but. a bunch of Murray references through the movie, too. Like, it's, they did a really good job with it. Hell yeah. No, that's that's like, that was one of the big selling points for the first one. One of the reasons I like it so much is because the Bill Murray cameo was just so funny. And like, you know, they, I mean, the movie's been out, so it's like, who cares about spoilers? But, you know, they shoot him, you know, and, yeah. and he's just like, oh, I freaking hate you. I can't believe you shot me. It was a joke, you know? And, 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 and he's just like, Bill fucking Murray, man. <laughs> so good, dude. Oh, man. I love that movie Zombie. because of that. Zombieland, when it first came out, I avoided like a plague because I was just like, really? Another zombie, zombie movies? Yeah. Like, nah. And then, uh, yeah, then I found out that Bill Murray was in it and I watched it and it was everything I wanted. Like, everything I didn't know I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, yep. so, so the reason we bring this movie thing up is because you and I have talked several times about the fact that you've lived for a large stretch of your life in Austin, Texas, but I've never watched Dazed and Confused. Have you seen that still, at any point since we talked true. about this last? No, I haven't. I've probably seen, to answer the, the number of movies that I've seen, maybe 30. Yeah? Hmm. And why is like, that? Like, well, you and I have talked about this, but why? Why? Um, when I was, like, really young, I just wasn't really allowed to watch movies. Like, my parents were pretty big on, like, the uh, censorship. 
thing. Mm. Uh, and then when I about <coughs> them, well, I was finally like they were trusting me to do things like watch movies and be a responsible adult. Uh, I got caught not being a sp- responsible adult selling um, prescription pills on my high school campus. Oh, you uh, blew it. Uh, yeah, real quick. <laughs> and so they immediately, I, I then got Amish grounded. Like I couldn't have a phone or TV or like I got to have air conditioning, but only because the rest of the house had it. Like, <laughs> if we could somehow heat your room up, yeah. we would. <laughs> yeah, if we could make you more miserable, we would. Uh, and so then like when all of my friends were at the stage, like where everyone was like hanging out and watching movies and everyone was like developing like their taste in movies and shit, I just wasn't allowed to watch them uh, and just never got into it. I don't want to, I don't want to sit down for that long unless it's great. Unless it's an incredible movie. I just can't, I don't have the good for you time. I, I have the time. I'll go do something else. Like play a video game for hours on end. But when it comes to movies, I just can't. I don't really like to go out to movies. Yeah. I'm same. That's yeah. I like the idea of going to the movies, but I never go. Yeah, I like the idea of being able to like watch it in my own comfort. I was so stoked for John Wick three, just ready. Like I'd watched the first two, um, I was ready to go. I talked about it for weeks leading up to it, and then I still haven't seen John Wick. John Wick three. I still haven't seen John Wick one. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them either. But I I want to. Yeah, I want to. Like, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't be like so hype. I'd go to the theater. You know, that, that I don't think. The last movie I think I've seen in theaters, if I remember correctly, was Fury. Was what? Fury with Brad Pitt. Brad it's like Pitt. that that tank movie in Shia LaBeouf. Another movie oh, no, I wanted I to see but haven't seen. Yeah. And the only reason I... Was it good? Like, I have a friend who's like a huge movie guy. Like he he was like... You remember the movie pass? Do you remember when that came out? And it's already like... It's already gone, I think. But it was like a... It was like a... It was like Netflix for going to see movies to theaters. Like you could go see movies for like a subscription fee, essentially, wow. and like like the, our local theater had a, that deal. Did they come with popcorn and junior mints? No, I don't think so. Hot tamales? Yeah, I, no, nah, I think it was just the movies. I think I'm not really sure. Anyways, I have a, I have a friend who was like that into movies, where he would go so much that he's like, oh, I'm gonna make a lot. Of, I'm gonna save a lot of money if I get the movie pass. Like I got that friend, right? Only reason I even went to go see this movie was because we went together. That's it. Otherwise, you know, will not catch me at the movie theater oh. for no real reason other than just like, you know, like, oh, I want to go see that movie, but not that bad. I, I grew <laughs> up in the tail end of drive-in movies. So, you know, for those, oh, yeah. for those of us that aren't super familiar, you would drive in in your car with as many people as you could stuff in the car because they usually charge you by the car load. Apparently, I saw True Lies in a drive-in. Yeah. The, the one... Um, in green, Winston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The starlight. I, yeah. Apparently, I apparently we did that. I don't remember. I remember watching the movie in theaters, but apparently it was in our car. Yeah, we. So don't so remember that. But <laughs> this pains me. But I know there's going to be a large portion of people that have no idea what I'm talking about. So so drive drive up movies, drive in movies. In a nutshell, you drive in in your car, you park in a parking spot, you watch a giant outdoor screen. And when I first started watching it, there was like a little like toaster sized thing you would hang on your window. And that was your speaker, and you could hear the movie through there. Mm-hmm. Later on, they would pump it through your stereo because they would you just turn it into a, like a you know a, a station or whatever eighty eight point one or something like that. Um, and and generally, it was kind of hard to see, and the sound quality wasn't great. But it was cool because you were outside, you could wander around or whatever. And when you were a teenager, it was fantastic because you could, your parents would let you go and park, and then you could just. You know, it's like being out with your girlfriend. Well, and there was always like, yeah, yeah. There, you, there was always like a, it was always a double feature. So for five bucks, you and your like four buddies could 
you know, get into this car and watch a movie and, and do whatever the hell you wanted. If you were lucky enough to have a girlfriend, I generally wasn't, uh, <laughs> you could go with them. If not, you would go with your dork buddies and yeah. go to the Starlight Theater, what you were talking about, and there was always weird geese that would wander across in the middle of the movie. And if like, we had one friend that would always chase the geese and get them to fly across the screen. <laughs> I like your one friend. So well, he's a good dude. Yeah. He is now an underwater welder uh, and started off. We were talking about hazard pay and the, and the accountant earlier. Um, he, uh, his first job was, was welding in a nuclear site. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So literally every minute he spent at work, he was getting hazard pay because. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah he, if I remember correctly, he had to like, you know, they told him like, listen, if you want to have kids, uh, you should probably go like do do the like sperm storage thing now just in case you can't have children later on because of oh this job God. yeah so i would like to uh, point out though he does not do that line of work any longer and you have kids yeah 20 years past he's got a couple of very healthy happy nice. kids everything's good but but yeah now he works on like oil rigs and that kind of thing and he, he his dad told me a story one time about him having to this is a guy we might have to have on the pod um he was going down like it was like six or 700 feet below the surface in the ocean and to do to weld something it was going to take him like a day to weld but you can only go down 100 feet a day and so he was him and another guy and they have a, a sub like one man sub so you spend half of your day out and half of your day in and they would drop down 100 feet and they'd have to chill wait for the decompression situations to happen and then you know you do that 100 feet at a time so it was a week to go down and a week to come up and a week to do the job. And they spent that long underwater. And you spent 12 hours inside a one-man sub, only big enough for one person to sleep in, essentially, and eat. Wow. And then, hell no. Right? So he showed me the coolest thing one time. We were, we were at our restaurant, and, uh, and I was asking him about it. And I was like, how do, you, how do you work down there? He goes, well, visibility a lot of times is like zero. Because as soon as you hit the bottom, all the, the silt and stuff like flies up and, mm -hmm. and so you can't see. So he said, you have to, before you touch down, when you're kind of just floating there, you have to look and memorize where everything is that you're going to be working on. And then, then you work on it just by touch. And, and so he's like, so uh, you just have to get really great at memorizing where everything is. And so he goes, I want you to do me a favor. Like, I'll show you what, how we do this. Um, and we were sitting at this table at the restaurant and he's like, okay, I want you to arrange everything on the table. And I, so I did. And then, um, and then he's like, okay. And then I'm going to turn around. He was like, you arrange it. I'll turn around. So I can't see it. I'll turn around and check it out. Give me, you know, 10 seconds to look at it. And then, uh, whatever, I'll close my eyes again. And I can tell you where everything is on the table. And his memory recall for where everything was, was amazing. He could just like, you know, here's the salt and pepper shaker over here. And this is the, you know, the hamburger right here and whatever. It was, it was amazing. The guy does his entire job, basically zero visibility. In miserable circumstances. That's gonna be a very lucrative profession. It, it sure as shit better be. It better be, yeah. Right? Just with the risk. I mean the risk, you know. Oh, just as with sharks. Just with sharks. Sharks, sharks alone. Dude, fuck sharks. It's I like every, one every water is infested with sharks. Yeah, dude, I don't even take a bath just in case. I shower only. I'm not a marine <laughs> biologist, but I don't think you should fuck sharks. You shouldn't. No, it seems dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they probably don't like it. So yeah, I, dude, I saw Jaws when I was a little kid and wouldn't take a bath for weeks after that. It's like, I feel like Jaws ruined me. 
yeah. ruin me with water. Yeah. Yep. Won't Scary, son. All right. Next question. Um, okay. We're going to go around. We're going to discuss names that you can think of that are less trustworthy than Chad. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, maybe Kyle. Oh, yeah. Kyle. Oh. Kyle's a really good one. That's just a funny one. Yeah. You know, like if you have some drywall hanging around, it's not safe around Kyle. Yeah. Because he's going to smash it. Dude, the internet fad with like Kyle getting shit on lately is honestly like one of the greatest blessings that's happened in It's my taken adult some pressure life. off the chat. It chats. really has. It has really like you monster drinking drywall, drywall punching asshole Kyle. Yeah. Thank yep. you so fucking much, man. Like you really have done wonders for me. So for anybody that you've lived this, so I'm going to, I'm going to defer to you here, but for anybody listening to this, that doesn't understand the reference. Why is Chad a name that, that, that is that guy? I think what's like the, the first thing I ever saw that started the trend was that Dave Chappelle skit where he had like this, like heavier set white guy named Chad that lives in his that lives in his home and it's like a halfway house and like they pick on him the whole time they like stab his dad it's like this huge thing but the whole thing is like oh you're such a Chad like oh Chad damn it like the whole <laughs> time and in the skit the guy's girlfriend's name is Katie and it, like they're all the guys are going around the table talking about how they fucked Katie and it gets to Dave Chappelle and he's like I never slept with Katie and she's like Dave Yes, you did. And he's like, that's right, Chad. I fucked Katie too, man. And at the time, at the time, I was dating a girl named Katie. So, like, oh. <laughs> like ever since that skit, Chad has just been a, uh, like, the basic douchey white guy name. And Chad's a frat guy. Yeah. Isn't the guy uh, in Scrubs, is he a Chad? Does he wear cargo shorts? If he does, he's probably a Chad. Oh, I think you meant dad. I wear cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> is, isn't the... The guy in Scrubs, he's uh, the the Chad Zach Brat. Oh, no. the Chad yeah. is from Charlie's Angels. Is the Chad? All right, so names less trustworthy than Chad. Corey. Corey. Good call. That is a good. I one. don't know, don't like Corey. I literally know. I don't know one person that I would be like. You know, like there are no Doctor Corys. No. No. No way. Hi, no I'm Dr. Corey Davis. I'll be your surgeon today. Nope, sorry. <laughs> no, you won't. Send in uh, the nurse. Yeah. Let the nurse do the surgery. What's her name? Ashley? I trust her so much more. Send Ashley in here. There Good is a girl, Corey, that, that works for the city that I would trust with, I think, anything. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. But Guy Corey. Guy Corey, no. Uh, it's like, I would argue, like, just because your name doesn't make you bad. Like, I'm sitting here as a Chad, and I don't feel like as horrible as the internet has made me out to be. That's true. You, I can, as a as a friend of yours, I can I can definitively say, you're no Chad. Having worked with you in the past and sitting down with you during this podcast, you're no Chad. Also, fun Glad fact, you're, you're Chad down. You know, right here. I'm a Chad matters. on paper. You're the when I write it for sure. Yeah, Chad. But whenever I text you, my phone likes to throw in a flag. But I, which I apparently is, I've learned that it's the country of Chad. They uh, named that after me. Actually, yeah. yeah well, see. You know, you get the highs and the lows. You get the frat guy Chad, and then and you whole have countries. an entire country named after you. Yeah, um, I think Shane. Oh yeah. Oh, that's just someone that wants to steal from you. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shane's like a like he's like a failed drug dealer. Like like he's a he's a tr- he's a drug dealer that you cannot trust. <laughs> You're not even good at selling drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and Shane's too close to Sean, which I that always gets me too. Shit, Shane, Sean, hate it. Hate it. 
Uh, Kaler's a Kaler. That's a name. I don't trust his parents. That's just a local yeah. family. Like, I think you're referencing. <laughs> no. no, no, just a kid named Kaler. Yeah, Mm-mm. Kaler's a more trendy Taylor. He's like a millennial it's, Taylor. It's like it's the. It's like they were trying to name him Taylor, and the doctor was like, "What'd you say?" K. Kaler's Kay- <laughs> just like the the like kid with like boogers in his nose and like a cleft lip. <laughs> Fuck. Can't trust a cleft lip. <laughs> Uh, we don't need to. Put, yeah. We don't need to keep that. In. I don't know what minute we're in. I got nothing against cleft lips. It was just. A, so. <laughs> I was sorry. I had, it was just a joke. I have nothing against. I have nothing against cleft lips. It's just a joke. <clears throat> so how do you feel about the Me Too movement, Chad? Right, Chad, Chad. Uh, so, Shane. I know one. I know one. No, it's Sean, dude. Not Sean. Yeah. It turns out Sean was the name we should have been referencing. No, Sean with an S H. Lips. Yeah, I know. I know a handful of Shanes in my life, and I think one of them I would trust with anything that I own. I don't think I have any. Maybe one. I have a a family member named named Shane. Um. And he's uh, spent, well, he's, he's, he's like a generation older than me in my family. And he spent uh, my, I think my entire life basically in prison, you know, out, in and out. Um, and I think he's probably institutionalized a little bit at this point. Um, but my, I've had like one interaction with him in my life. And uh, it was a few years ago. I was on my way to, to work and, you know, it was five o'clock in the morning or something like that. And, um, mm-hmm. And I saw him drive past me and on this, I was like stopped at a stop sign around the country where we live and he drove past and just drove into the ditch and rolled his, his like truck just kind of gently. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a life threatening situation, but was just, you know, probably going about 45 miles an hour and then veered into the ditch and flipped it over on its side. Whoopsie. Yeah. Whoops. Rolled my truck. Oh, and, no. and so, Classic Shane. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Shane. He probably said that to himself when it happened. Damn it, Shane. And uh, and so in typical Shane fashion, he was he was like, you know, reaching for his crack pipe uh, and and rolled it. But I, I pulled up. I'm like, I, I, didn't, I had no idea who it was. So I pull up behind him and he like sticks his head up over the, you know, out of the door, which is facing towards the sky. Mm-hmm. And he sticks his head up, and I see him, and I recognize him as, like, family member. And I'm like, this guy doesn't know me at all. Yeah, I should have stayed in my truck. Yeah, <laughs> so I get out, and I'm like, you okay? And he goes, yeah, I was just reaching for something on the floorboard and rolled my truck. And I'm like, dude, it's like 5.30 in the morning, you know? And, uh, and so, anyway... He, uh, like I said, he doesn't know me. So I'm like, hey, um, you don't know me, but, and I, I, like, I tell him my mom's name, who's his cousin. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, I'm, you know, her, her boy, and, and, uh, you need a, you need a hand? Are you okay? And he goes, oh, well, hold on a second. So anyway, somebody had gone by and, like, called the police pretty soon. All, you know, all of a sudden, like, a tow truck and the police show up, and he gets all skittish, and I'm, I'm just checking to make sure the dude's all right, you know, and he goes, hey, um, can you hold something for me? Oh no. <laughs> like, nah, I'm good, bro. <laughs> Thanks for the offer, but I'm going to go ahead and not go to jail. Yeah. So anyway, that's my least trustworthy Shane, but that's it's fair. just varying scales of that afterwards. 
<laughs> and before you went in that store, you were talking about a chain that you would trust everything that you own with, and then immediately were like, "Well, I had this cousin." Well, I would never trust. I, well, I, I don't thought, even know. I the, thought that was the shame. I thought one, this was leading up to how that's the shame oh, that you yeah, would trust. No, with yeah, I did too. No, I wouldn't. The one shame that I know that, that might be trustworthy, I don't even know him that well, but he seems like a decent guy. Like literally the only thing I have to hold against him is that his name is Shane. So I assume he works at a comic book shop. Okay. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah I, like I don't know any bad dudes that work at comic book shops. No. 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 They're all harmless. Yeah, they don't hire anyone with a cleft lip in that's the instant do not hire in Sean Marvin's book. Oh, come on. It was a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry, but to work here, you have to be able to whistle. So. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to. I'm not even going to laugh at that. Nate's just like I tracking can't edits at this point. <laughs> All right. So next, next very important question. Um, we're we, so we have four. I'm laughing because you're laughing. <laughs> that's, that's like every time I pull together, I look up and you're still laughing. I can't. <laughs> I can't. Your face is so red. Just, let's talk about something less controversial. Um, dick pics. Mm. Um, oh yeah. So send them. <laughs> I think we can all, except for it. Only a real Chad would send a dick pic. Mostly just out of confidence, I'm guessing. I know a Casey wouldn't send it. Just absolute, like, dumbfounded confidence. Yeah. I feel like, isn't that, like, that's, like, the like the modern-day pickup line right now, right? It's just, like, sending the dick pic. Like, I only know this because I'm on the Twitters now more than yeah. I ever have been, right? Uh. And, like, the people that I follow, they they usually like to, you know, it's girls, right? They they put these guys on blast. They're just like, got this in my DMs today. Screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. And it's just like some dude just saying just the nastiest, filthiest yeah. stuff. And then, you know, boom, unsolicited dick pic. Yeah. And it's just like, that's what... And it, I, I, I see that. I'm like, wow, people do that now. Yeah. That's crazy to me. That's so... It's so fucked. On the scale of things that I would never, ever think about doing, have the confidence to do. Like... So to sexually assault somebody well, have you ever through even, DMs? Even if you weren't gonna send it, let's just say you, you know, for your own personal thing, or if you were gonna send it, have you ever just tried to take a dick pic? I'm not that I comfortable have. with Photoshop. Yeah. In high school, I did. So, <laughs> high school, yeah. I wasn't 18 yet. <laughs> I wasn't, but I told. <laughs> so I've, I've I've gotten on to like I'm I have been single for the last like year and a half for the first time and. A really long time the last and year like, and a half yeah for, yeah and before then it had been like six years and so like being single was something that like i never thought that i was gonna do again and like going into like dating and being back in that has been really weird and tinder is like Whew. that's how you like that's how you meet people what a wild but thing. it's weird it's weird because like your immediate conversations are all like text-based or through you know through the app and Girls send nudes, right? That's a that, tasteful nude. That happens. Well, it's like hmm. you're if you're a woman, like you, your body is at least aesthetically pleasing. Like you, you know what I mean. Like there are things that people want to look at. People get online all day and look at them, and so they'll send them to you, and you're like, "Wow, these are amazing. You know, these are great. Thank you." And then every now and then you'll have a girl be like, "So like your turn," and it's like, 
for what? Like, you want to see a shag rug with a dick hanging off the front of it? Like, what do you want for, like, how, you sent me art, and now you, now I'm going to, now I have to sit, and, like, now you expect a picture of my dick, and, it, like, there's no good way, like, there's no, like, I'm a fan of my dick, but I can never make it look good in a picture, no matter how hard I try, what angle, the lighting, doesn't matter. It always just looks like a dick. That's to you, but to them. Still, I, I can't imagine that there's another to, perspective. To you, just, to them, it looks like assault, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, so what lead, led me to this is sending dick pics is, is the modern-day equivalent of standing in a park in a trench coat flashing people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So accurate. So unsolicited dick pics. Unsolicited. Know, a, a, dick t- a dick pic takes time. Like there's like you have to. There's some finesse to it, like angle and you know everything. Yeah, but else. then you got to go out the and trench find coat's it. just crash. You got to go well, out yeah, and find a nice trench coat. You got to take all your clothes off, you know, and you got to you know, you got cold. You, you tuck it in it's for a so while cold. and then run around like this, you know, <laughs> and then you, and then you spring it. <laughs> Is that what they do? One of the greatest you Halloween costumes that. I've ever seen. <laughs> no. Sean just like, knows you, first the guy. First you do the stance, and then it's like the American Eagle jeans get unbuttoned, and then the boxers come down, and then... I know this guy named Shane, okay? Like, <laughs> Shane, your alter ego trench coat. No, 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 no. No, not Sean Marvin. It's Shane Mervin. <laughs> he screams as he opens the trench coat. Shane Mervin! <laughs> Remember the name! Um, Sean's never done that. He's just spent a lot of time in parks as a little kid. <laughs> seen the trench coat. Yeah. Seen the form. <laughs> uh, hey, Sally, I think we need to get out of here. That guy over there has a trench coat on, and my dad says, that's problems. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think the, the I was just driving down the road the other day, and I thought of that, like. Oh, yeah, that, that's so that's so good. So 100% true. of the questions that have popped up on on so far have just been me driving in traffic going huh <laughs> trench coat flashing is the it's the uh, the elder whatever version mm-hmm. of dick pics mm-hmm. pre-camera version before exactly had a camera you were, yeah, yeah before social media and all yeah, that taking dick pics as you know when you were in high school or whatever like i would have had to take and take that with one of those like disposable cameras then <laughs> <laughs> go get it developed somewhere <laughs> hey develop my dick pics so yeah. i can pass uh, them out so the hey guy at walmart making 575 an hour just a little context like what ended up happening was uh we might uh good i thought this story needed context yeah well i mean you know just to, to elaborate a little bit um my dad got a free digital camera yeah, with a printer danger yeah, and and he let in it, so I took custody of the camera. I was like, "Okay, this is my camera now. Cool, Wait, three you know? megapixels. What do you? Fine. Yeah, it was like one of those like crappy Kodak digital cameras, you know. Um, but uh, what ended up happening was uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, uh, and yeah, just you know, just took some on that bad boy, and I was like, "Here, take this for a while. Maybe, maybe I got some back in return." You know, Merry Christmas. Did it work? Did, did it occur? Yeah, yeah. Nice. You said at the time, and then now they're no longer. On speaking terms. <laughs> yeah, not really. She was never able to look me in the eyes. Sure. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, I got... Uh, but it was cool. It was, it was a cool time. It was a great time to be alive. Great Fla- time. Did you Woo! have the flash on? Uh, wait, I feel like the flash wasn't on. You had I mean, really if you have flash on, flash it looks, always on it looks weirder when it, I think it has flash on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it remember. washes it, it out. It was it's a pretty crappy kind of camera, a... so it was like the whole thing just kind of looked fucked anyways, but... <laughs> but and also my dick is just in a horrible shape like the whole thing from the camera to the dick it was none of it was good 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't need to go into that much detail, but yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is Suffice that it Suffice to say, it sounds like you were in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, <clears throat> next question. If, and I, this is not an original thought. I heard this on the radio, and so I, I get it, but it sounded like a fun idea, and I would like to try it. Um, if you had to run a marathon for time, all right, we, let's just say the four of us are in a race. Chad's like, running marathons? No. Yeah. yeah I don't, I'm listening. It's a miserable thought, I know. But you can substitute one beer for every mile. What ratio do you do for time? I think argument's sake, marathons are 26 miles and change, Mm -hmm. something like that. Judging by the bumper stickers I see, they're 26.2. But (laughs) That's what that means? That's what that means. Um, 13.1, you see that bumper sticker, that means that you can drink 13.1 beers, I think. Okay. Basically, how, how fast do you think you get that done and in what ratio would you go? Would you go more miles than beers, more beers than miles? I literally think that I could drink 26.2 beers faster than I could ever go 26 miles. I don't, I don't think that I had the physical kit. I don't think I could walk 26.2 miles. I don't think I could drink 26 beers. Well, cheap ones. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going, you know, I'm not, I'm not crafting 26 beers, but people You're not are. hitting 26 IPAs? Drink, yeah, no. That's, uh, oh, 26 Billy Badasses, please. Oh God, oh that'd be that'd be brutal. Six I think really I think badasses is bad news. Chad, I think that you could drink twenty six beers, or you could drink a beer faster than anybody could run a mile. That's what I think, right? Yeah, that was my mind. That's like my I think train I of thought. Could drink three beers faster than anybody could run a mile. But yeah. can you drink? Uh, you can get the three beers in, but once you get to like six beers, I mean, at some point, am I allowed to purge the equation? I think so. Can I puke and rally? If I can puke and rally, all twenty, I'm doing the 26 beers and just watching everybody else run the marathon. Also, how much can the stomach hold? What's what's the rule behind that? Like a gallon of milk, you can't do right because you just puke it up anyway. You can, yeah. So we used to do gallon challenges in, at the at the coffee stand with water. Oh yeah, and like that's the closest I felt to feeling drunk. Uh, we drank a gallon of water in a half an hour. And oh, you start to feel kind of just like floaty and gross. <laughs> but I looked so it up, funny, and apparently, yeah. like if you drank 15 gallons of water in a day, your blood cells would burst. Basically, you would drown internally. I think there's our limit. So let's say 26. For the sake of argument, we're gonna go pints because we're not babies. Um, <laughs> let's figure. Let's do the math on this. Uh, 26.2. Times 16 ounces uh, divided by 128. That's three and a quarter gallons of beer. Over the course of time, though, that it would take. So, so the average marathon runner. Let's do some. Let's do some internet stats and info well, here. Well, in in this scenario, the race was with the two of you. Yes, that's I think true. that I would be generous to assume that you could run four 10-minute miles in a row. Okay, the average internet time for first-time marathon runners, four minutes and 22 seconds for a, a basically, that's basically a 10-minute mile. So I'd have to drink 26 beers in four hours. Yeah. I feel like I would, God, if I tried to run that much, there's no way I could do that's that. Like, that's like Were, are seven there, beers an hour. Are there any beers that you would, like, are there any miles that you would run versus, you know, would you be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run, 
I think I could run two miles. Would you run before you drank the beer or yes. would you drink before you ran? Have you ever been drunk run and tried to run? I haven't, but that's I think we terrible. should try this. Oh, God. You want to get shit-faced and go run a marathon for a podcast? You guys are trying <laughs> to convince me to jump out of an airplane for this podcast. I only feel like it's fitting that we all get drunk and try to complete the 26 miles slash beers challenge. You make a great point. I'm in. <laughs> Deal. That would Jack. honestly be a hilarious segment to watch y'all drink a ton of beer and then go try and run a mile. Even just a mile, I think would be so fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be Frankly, just running a mile right now seems pretty brutal. Oh, it but sounds absolutely yeah, totally. We'd have to drink a beer a lap. Could we do that? One mile, one beer, one for each lap. So four beers and four laps. Oh, Who amongst us wins the race? Dude, I'm like the slowest guy here, for sure. I'm super. Remember when we sprinted? We we uh, did that little sprint up the up the street. Yeah, barefoot. Yeah, I with, lost with Mel. I lost. Man, I almost want to race you just because I want to prove that I'm slower than you. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> man. I cannot. I'm such a slow guy. How much I appreciate you guys just automatically not putting me as the slowest guy as the. You're old. faster than me. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, case. <laughs> All right. But only for short distances. We ran a short distance barefoot. That's true. I'm more of a, I'm like a like a like longevity kind of guy. We you know? we sprinted up the street in front of the pub barefoot one night. Only because I had wife. sandals on. I was gonna ask why why because I had I had sandals. He on. had superior racing shoes. And Nate's like, we got yeah. we got. I was wearing out. my uh, my toad shoes and uh, my <laughs> sprinter spikes. Nate's wife Mel and I have have raced once upon a time barefoot across the parking lot at the coffee stand. Oh. And that's what really led to that whole thing. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember the context. I won that race too. Yeah, see, Casey's fast. He's a quick guy. He's Sneaky just a quick fast guy. for a chubby dude. <laughs> um, all right. Well, so it's decided. We're all going to run. Uh, we're going to do, do a, a beer marathon. Yeah. I'm in. Should we try attempt a beer half marathon first? No. No. What? No. You don't want a 13.1 sticker like a little bitch. You want a 26.2. Mrs. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Miller did not raise a half-assed <laughs> sissy. Have you guys ever uh, played Birio Kart before or heard yes. of that? What? Birio yes. Kart. Is this drinking and driving on, on, on video yeah. games? Well, yeah, I always wanted to do this. It so is the, the reason, you know, it's funny. The reason I called it Birio Kart this time around, because the last time when I when I brought this up to you, Case, when after I did it for the first time, I was like, Casey, this last week I had such a blast. I went drunk driving. You're like, What? Like, you were just ready to, like, just, like, shit down my throat. Like, well, like, <laughs> what were you thinking? You're such an idiot, dude. Why would you do that? And I was like, no, 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 you know. Mario Kart. Like, you play Mario Kart, and you have to finish the race. But before you finish the race, you have to finish your beer first. So, but the thing is, when you take drinks of your beer, you can't race. You have to stop. What's the strategy on that? Do you start I with... I slam my beer at the beginning. You slam yeah. it, yeah. You slam it right off the rip, and then just go. And just, like, like smoke everybody else. I would want one of those helmets that you can put two beers in and it has a straw and I would race and then I would, cause I'm a bad beer chugger. I would, I would have to <laughs> stop hands off, like put straw in mouth, take some sips, drink as much as I possibly could and then spit out the straw and get back to racing for a second. <laughs> I also want to do that. Can we do that on your Twitch stream? Sure. Yeah, no, that's actually, that's, that's yeah, that's totally doable. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Me and uh, Ethan and I played uh, Muppets racing. Yeah. On stream. Yeah, like a little oh. while ago. It was so much fun. I saw that. I watched it. <laughs> it was so much fun. Um, 
I don't know why he, he like that game is like super uh, childhood thing. For I, have, him. I have to talk to the camera real quick. Hold on. Ethan, we have a podcast idea coming for you. Oh yeah. Pull out your wallet. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so closing, um, Chad, this is what the F am I doing? Um, what would you say your most what the F am I doing moment is in the transition from future minister to current bartending glassblower? I guess like the biggest, like it, because it, it, it is what made the transition for me, at least as far as like being here, um, was when I got up here. Uh, and did the whole glass thing for a couple of weeks when he uh, approached me and was like, Hey, I'm done doing this. I don't want to do this anymore. Either go get a regular job or buy all this stuff. And that moment was the biggest, like, like, what the fuck have I done? Like, I just, I got all of my closest friends to move across the country with me because I wanted to be a glass blower and everything like I trusted this guy who I'd really only met twice and just been having phone correspondence with. Like when he told me like, I'm not doing this anymore. Good luck. That was the biggest, like now what, like now what do I do then? You know? Um, and I've pretty much just kind of been living in that, like what the fuck do I do now moment since then up until the last couple months, like things have started to like make sense. Like I've hired Patrick. I like, I'm in a studio that I've been trying to get into for a year. Like glass is making sense. But for the first three years, four years after he told me that it's pretty much just been one big, like what the fuck do I do now? Like how, how do I make this work? How do I get to stay up here? Um, how do I not have to go home and tell everybody that I failed at what I said that I was going to go do? Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely been, that was the biggest Maybe that's what, you know, the guy intended all along. Like he was like, that was your boy named Sue moment, right? Where he was like, it's a tough world blowing glass and you're going to have to be mighty tough if you're going to pull this off. <laughs> so I'm just going to throw you in the deep end and bail out. If you can't make it through that, then you weren't designed to make it in this glass blowing thing to begin with. Yeah. If you can't make it, go back to Texas, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and I first, I mean, our first conversations probably were when you and I sat down to talk about you potentially coming to work at the pub. Um, I mean, I've been lucky enough in my life to talk to a lot of people that were trying to get a job and I've met and worked with more amazing people than I can, you know, count off the top of my head for sure. But that was one of the coolest conversations that I've ever had. When you sat down and you're like, look, I don't care what y'all have for me to do. I would just like a job because I've made this commitment to my friends and I can't let them all down. Like, you know, that was when you told me that, you know, like, you know, I don't really care what you have for me to do. I just need a job. Um, because I can't let my friends down was one of the coolest moments. Um, you know, even if I hadn't had a really luxurious dishwashing spot for you to do at that point, like <laughs> we would have found something, you know, cause, cause that was so like, how do you say no to that? Right. I mean, it was so cool that you were, you weren't there because you were afraid of, of, you know, whatever. It wasn't just because you needed gas money or whatever. Like you literally, you had people depending on you um, at a young age, you know, like 
you know, you weren't like a dad with kids or something like that. But no, I've, I've moved all of my friends across the country and, and I can't, I can't let them down. Um, and what commitment, man. I mean, you were so set on, on making it, um, as, you know, as a, as a glass blower and, and as an artist and as a craftsman, um, that, uh, it was really neat to see someone that, you know, I, I don't know a lot of people that have reached that level in their life where like, I have to make this work and, and realized it. Most of us, that moment comes and goes without us even realizing it. And you were like, Nope, I'm there. I'm on the precipice. So, um, you know, here I go. Yeah. So once more into the breach, go I, so good for you. I'm stoked to hear that it's, that it's finally working. Thanks. Thanks. It's been, it's been really great. Um, the bartending thing actually ended up being like the, the help that I needed, the transition that I needed, needed for glass. I, I walked in on a Sunday. I only needed to be there for 45 minutes. There was like a lapse in scheduling. Someone needed to go home early. Someone needed to come in late type thing. Um, and I was sitting at the bar and these guys were at the bar and they're talking about this bachelor party that they're going to in Austin. Uh, and I was like, Oh yeah, they're going to Austin. I'm from Austin. Like you should go check this place out, go to this place, you know? And, uh, one of the guys was like, what brought you up here? And I was like, glass blowing and he's like what do you make and i was like primarily right now i've just been making these like puffco attachments and his friend that was sitting next to him was like shut the fuck up and show me right now like show me your puffco attachments and i showed them to him and he's like man i i own habit smoke shop which is like a really big smoke shop in the south like they have 30 locations or something like wow that. um and i showed him my pieces and he was like how much are these and i was like they're 100 bucks a piece and he's like, that's it. And I was like, well, yeah, but yeah, like that's it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to price, like, price on art. That's question great. mark. I was like, right. I'm yeah. going to um, be raising the price on them in the next couple months just because I can't keep up with production on them. Um, and the guy was like, uh, I-, I want 10 of them. He's like, put me down for 10. And I was like, cool. I got you for 10. And like a couple minutes pass, and he's like, actually, He's like, how many do I have to order from you for you to lock that price in for me? Where I never have to pay more. Like, I don't have to pay 115 And I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. And he's like, I'll double the order that I have right now, and I will consistently place that order with you once a month if you can make sure that I only get them for $100. Wow. And Boom. Yeah, and I was like, done. And <clears throat> that's been eight months ago. And so he like having to be at the bar, having to like have another job because I couldn't just make glass blowing work for me. Got me the biggest recurring account that I have right now. It's like clockwork. That guy, that guy has paid my bills for the last eight months and it was just by like a chance encounter at the bar. So getting, doing both has really like made glass possible. Like the networking that I've gotten from bartending in Eugene, that's really cool. Incredible. Yeah. I think that making coffee or making alcoholic drinks is such a good way to network with people because you meet so many, everybody drinks coffee or booze, you know, whatever. So you just meet like people from all walks of life and everybody, like all those people, like, especially if, if they're like, well, not all of them, but like, you know, there's like business people or whatever, you know, like people that, like they're looking for good people. Yeah, You know, they're, they're, they go to those places because they're looking for good people who can conversate and maybe they're like, they have like a secret talent or, you know, I mean, it just, they're just, just downright dudes, you yeah. know, like they're like, I like this guy. Cause he's like, he's chill. He talks to me. He's personal. 
And uh, wow, turns out he makes really awesome glass, which by the way, this is like a really good chance for you to plug if you'd want to. Yeah, how do we get your stuff? Yeah. Um, right right now, I, I, don't ha- I don't have a website set up. It's, I, I'm dealing primarily like directly with shops, but... Um, I did read on your Facebook that you, in respect to the shops that carry your glass, that you try not to do a lot of like specialty stuff for people or something like that, right? Yeah. Any like decanter or whiskey glass or anything like that that I make, I, I make, those are all custom. Um, that's not something like you hit me up and I'm like, oh, I have a decanter and I walk to a shelf of decanters and I'm like, <laughs> cool, you get this one, pay me. I, I like, I sit down and draw people um, a list of options for their decanter and their glasses and they pick the one that they want and then I make that one for them and I don't make that one again like i if you if you buy a decanter from me you get or one of decanter. yeah yeah um so for something like that um i have an instagram called a grail and chalice um that you can order through or uh just find me on facebook chad miller shoot me a message and i'll i'd draw up whatever you were whatever you were after a grail and chalice just grail and chalice nice so uh, there's a, a little segment that I think would be kind of cool, and you're going to be the first person. We're going to try it out on you. Ooh. And it's going to be, hopefully, maybe be a reoccurring uh, little bit on our podcast here. But it's called Rapid Fire Questions. Okay. okay. And the the premise is, is that I'm going to ask you a bunch of yes or no, or elaborate if you just so desire, if you have a good answer, or something interesting to say about it on whatever, speak on whatever. Um, but mostly just yes or no questions. And, uh, you know, we, we talk generally you know pretty focused information you know we're talking about you you know but like maybe there's more stuff that people want to know about chad right okay the and chad. so this is going to cover all of our bases so you ready it's gonna be quick we're yes going no. bang 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 yes yep. or no elaborate speak on it if you want to okay you ready yep all right chad miller cats or dogs dogs pineapple on pizza yes all right nice microwaves or toaster ovens toaster ovens Ooh. french toaster waffles waffles oh, pie or cake Cake. Cake. All right. Yeah. Fries and Frosties. Fries and anything. Fries and anything. Oh my God. Okay. Pocket check. Do you know what it is or do you do it? Pocket check. Yeah. Like when I'm leaving the house, like the Macarena dance where you full body pocket. Oh check. yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, dude. Cell phone, chapstick, keys, wallet. Boom. Yep. Nice, dude. All right. Uh, are you a bow tie guy or a tie guy? Tie guy. Tie guy. Spicy mm-hmm. food. Yeah or nay? Yes. Yay. Yay. Uh, IPAs, stouts, or cider? Or Shinerbach. uh probably ipa ipa okay dutch bros or starbucks dutch bros okay and then last question this is the last one i've got and this is this one's a little bit more elaborate so you're driving down the road okay and you're listening to the stereo you're jamming out what volume do you choose to put your stereo at do you do it at a five an eight a nine or a ten nine ten's irresponsible ten's irresponsible you put a nine Interesting. I've never gotten that answer. It's always different every time. This is like this is a question that I've asked a lot of people, and it's interesting because I like even numbers because I'm kind of OCD. Okay. I like evens and I like divisible of five. So like 10, 15, you know, yeah, like yeah. I like that. I think that sounds better. An even number. Okay. It's like it's just like it's just free off my mind. If it's a nine, dude, <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. This this song would be really dope if it was an eight, but nine, whack. <laughs> exactly and 10's just irresponsible and then like i've, like I've got answers like people are like dude 10 i'm gonna crank it up to 11 and i'm like dude you totally would say that brant Burisma, that's what yeah. he said he's like i'll crank that up to 11 i'm like you t- totally middle name's kyle yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> kyle. brant chad yeah. Borsma. <laughs>
Uh, <laughs> Tupac, Jay-Z, or Biggie? Uh, Tupac's out. Between Biggie and Jay-Z, though, it's rough. Um, Jay-Z wouldn't exist if not for Biggie. And so part of me wants to say Biggie for that, but I think Jay-Z's, like, discography is more impressive than Biggie's. It took us a minute, but we got to the answer I thought was coming. So, yeah. Yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys listened in, in, a, in a slightly different genre? Have you guys listened to any Sturgill Simpson? Uh, he did a really cool Nirvana cover. He's a country guy. Okay. Um, but he did a really cool cover of Nirvana's In Bloom. Um, but recently he's put out, his latest album is the soundtrack to, um, I think like an anime thing, but it's phenomenal on your way home. Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill Simpson. Anime um, track. It's the, you just have to type in Sturgill Simpson, his latest album, but it's, it's, um, I listened to that on my way home from Portland the other day and it was wild. It was, it's the best ZZ top album I've ever heard. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it was wild. I mean, like the whole, the first song is just an instrumental track. Um, I haven't watched the movie that it's all associated with, but it's great. So that's my, that's my musical two cents. Um, all right. So, uh, Chad, thanks so much for coming, man. This has been uh, everything I hoped it would be. Uh, hopefully <laughs> it was, uh, it was fun for, for you too. Um, Absolutely. and, uh, yeah, guys. Hey, thank you guys so much for checking us out. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed making it. I know it was kind of a long one, but uh, but thank you for, for staying tuned in this long. We appreciate it so much. And uh, check out one of the old episodes too. Those are also pretty good. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.